0: This episode of Finding Demo Surfishing is being brought to you by Ninja Tackle. Go on over to ninjatackleva.com and take a look at all the great stuff that Matt has in the shop. Seven foot dagger spinning, the old go to, my favorite. Love that rod. Got him in stock. What about that BM Up Beach Bum Bummy Stick? I've heard it's all the rage. <laughs> Everyone loves it. It's back in stock. You can get that now before the old. Holiday shopping. And if you're listening to this after the holidays, you can still pick up all these great things at ninjatackleva.com. If you need to get your hands on bait, got you covered. What about sword fillet knives? Why, yes. Yes, he does. He's got them all. ninjatackleva.com to take care of all your fishing needs. Oh yeah, new week, here we go. Going a little bit back in time though, actually, this week. we're uh, This time last year that you're hearing this, actually, we dropped the episode with the longest cast surf fishing, and actually, the one you're hearing this week is one year to the day. We had recently talked, and he was telling me about his season, and he was like, you know, we should really talk more, man, we got some, uh, I got some other stuff I want to tell you about, which I was like, alright, this, this could be interesting, I'm wondering what you got, because I mean... He's been crushing it. If you haven't been following the longest cast surf fishing since the podcast episode aired, you've been missing out. He's been crushing it. Uh, his rigs have been selling quickly. I mean, All the good names out there have been starting to grab them. you got Salt Squatch that's been having at it. And, I mean, just so many other big names that are talking about it. But we're not here to talk about that. No, 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 no. We're here to talk to Jeremy. So... <laughs> Without further ado, I'll bring you on the show, man. Welcome back, brother.
1: Yeah, man, absolutely. It's great to be back. That We could get back together. Um, yeah, the fishing season's been crazy this year. A um, lot more busy than last year. Um, just caught some crazy stuff in the surf, too. Um, it's just tons going on. The... As you mentioned, the rig sales have been huge. The guiding, the trips have picked up. It's just been a really good year. Well,
0: that's good. I mean, hell, just an a testament to you. And you're the one that controlled all of it. So, I mean, that's yeah. again, just another good testament of everything you pushed into it. So, hell, congratulations, man.
1: I appreciate it. I appreciate the support, too. We've kind of had a little partnership going.
0: Yeah, but I sucked as a partner for not talking to you more through the year.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: that's okay. I don't expect
1: I don't expect that much. I mean, you're down down in the panhandle there, so Yeah.
0: That is the downside. If I was if I did come up, I mean I will come up to Charleston for sure. But had I come up, I'd have been like, All right, let's go. We'd have gone out fishing for sure.
1: Yeah, definitely. I'm actually hoping hoping we can still do that. We talked about doing that before.
0: I plan on it man. Uh, so for me 2023 um, the wife and I have been talking about it. We want to we're going to find a way to make it so uh, I do a little bit of travel for some fishing, not just stuck, you know, at home all the time, get out there and go go do some of this and have some fun with it. So, I need to go up there. I need to go to North Carolina. Uh, Texas, I really got to take a look at Texas. I'm really excited about trying to figure that out. That's uh that's a whole different ball game right there.
1: Yeah, definitely. I sell a lot of rigs out that way. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I'm not sure. I think it's probably mostly the peer guys, but.
0: No, man. Uh, One of the episodes I recently talked with. Uh, he had, uh, he'd used your rigs. He talked about he used them for reds uh, and he was enjoying them. So, yep, you're, you're, you're well known, man. I mean, your, your stuff, the your red rig has been doing great. I, I used your double drop Pompano rig with uh, the J Hooks mm-hmm. and people were like, what the hell? And then I think it was the week after I got <laughs> it from you. I hope a fish. I'm like, hey, look, <laughs> it caught. Yeah, you know, it's it's always it, it's good stuff and it's always fun to try new things. You know, the only reason I didn't is because. Well, I tie my own rigs. I'm I'm that weird guy. I almost never buy rigs. <laughs> I'm like, up oh, I'm out. I better go make some more.
1: Yeah, I mean, most guys do if you're serious enough in, in the industry. But that's what's yeah. been so crazy was how how many people have bought rigs, you know, <laughs> that that aren't tying their own stuff.
0: Yeah, I like I opened with Salt Squatch. I mean, he's talked a lot. He loved it. We we went fishing together once. And he's like, dude, after I heard the episode, I ordered, and I think he's been primarily using yours for most of the sharking he's been doing. If I'm not mistaken, I haven't talked to him in a while, but you'd know better than I would.
1: I was talking to him a lot when we first started kind of partnering up and he was getting, just getting into the shark fishing at that time. So he he really didn't have any knowledge. So I think that's why he like when he found out about my rigs, you know, and then obviously my history with catching sharks in the surf. He just, he was hooked on after that. Once he, I sent him a couple to try. So
0: let's dig into the episode. Cause you were talking about this before when we were starting out and you're like, Hey man, I really want to talk about the season, which you had a hell of a one considering you had two hurricanes or is it three?
1: Yeah. We, we had one, the hurricane Ian there, It didn't – we got lucky at the last, like, hour before it touched down on South Carolina. It went north of us and hit Myrtle Beach area. Um, So, I mean, we basically got, like, just a severe tropical storm. We didn't even get a real hurricane out of it. I mean, it it knocked some trees down, and that was about it. But it did – it stirred up the water, and you know it, it affected the fishing for a good week or so. I did lose some charters from that because I had people booked during that weekend when it hit.
0: Yeah, well, that's never fun. Yeah. So let's talk into the red season. You I mean that's one of been your primary thing, and that was one thing we really harped on during the podcast last year was yeah, you know, redfish going after. You're not going after the slots. You're going after the big ones. You want the fun tug. You're going after the monsters and with that yeah. that all together you kind of brought it in like I had a great year but I really want to talk about it. So what's been what's been one of the biggest catalysts that you think this year was different from last year, Catching Reds?
1: The biggest thing is uh, is the demand like with our clients like we had so many more people booking ahead of like for October that they really sh- Emphasize that, that they wanted to catch those big drum. So I Enjoy catching the sharks. I mean a lot of my clients do but there's you know quite a few they're just they don't They're not really that excited for the sharks so I changed my gear You know, up, I changed everything up a little bit this year to specifically be able to capitalize on those red drum What'd you change? Um, I got all new new stuff. Like last year I had light, slightly lighter gear. Uh, I had 12 footers. I, I always run three 12 foot rods, like heavy action. And this year I got a couple, of a little bit higher rated rods. I mean, they're still 12 foot heavies, but they're the Penn battalion rods or they got a little more backbone to them. So, I had one of those setups last year, but this year I went ahead and I got three matching ones. Oh, nice. Okay. Just being able, with that heavier setup, being able to throw a, a bigger bait and more weight, and then just being able to get that extra distance made a huge difference this year. Like, you could just see it um, in the numbers that we were catching.
0: With moving to the heavier gear, why do you think that was such a big change for you?
1: I mean, up here in South Carolina, the beaches are really, really shallow. Like, they're a super shallow grade. Um, obviously, we do all our surf fishing is casting baits out. So, it can be difficult when you're targeting these bigger fish. Like, that's pretty much what we specialize in for people you know we're, we're trying to catch big drum sharks you know anything we've had some oddball stuff but you really have to have a specific gear set up for that if you're trying to target those fish like and be able to consistently stay on them if, if you're casting so that's the thing like with those those 12 foot battalion rods, it just made a huge difference having three of those when I, I could have all three of the the big set rigs out, you know, as far as I could get them that it made a big difference. Did you change reels too or did you just change rods? Yeah, I went up a size in the reels. So I had, I had a spin, uh, spin Fisher 7500. That's what I had on the, the first setup. So I just got two, two more to match. Um, before I was using, um, like 12 foot, eight ounce rated rods that were a little bit lighter and, uh, 6,500 size reels. Okay. So a little bit bigger,
0: anything different, anything else, like, uh, any braid difference or just rod and reel?
1: Yeah. So that's the other thing. Um, most, most guys are that I've talked to and a lot of my clients, Um, usually 10 like if you're targeting drum big drum or sharks they're they're usually using 50 to 65 pound braid i think that's like the rule of thumb for if you you know like look anything up online that's what you're going to find but we're actually using 80 pound braid so i switched from 65 to 80 and i found that for me the way i cast I can actually cast farther with the 80 because I don't use any kind of casting aid. Like you're probably familiar with like the casting cannons. Yeah. Like stuff or a glove, you know, like they make finger guards and stuff like that. So I don't use a glove or anything like that just cause I'm like running back and forth to the, the bait table. You know, I don't want a glove on cause it just getting na- all nasty with bait, but the 80 pound braid I think uh, is a, it's an advantage for sure. Like 80-pound braid is already so thin anyways. I mean, it's really not that that thick when you're throwing a six or eight-ounce weight. It doesn't really make that much of a difference in, in the drag coming off the spool. So I've just found that that's, that's like the sweet spot. Like 65-pound, I was getting – cutoffs more often like with the sharks and then you know sometimes getting cut off from abrasion and that's that's part of the strategy like with me as well as um, I don't use a shock leader and that's specifically for gaining that extra distance in the cast so that 80 pound braid is is crucial I feel if you're you're not running a shock leader
0: so if you're running braid (laughs) you're running braid straight to the rig
1: Yeah, exactly. That's, I mean, the shark rigs that we run for year round for drum and sharks. There's the ones I make for my personal use are seven feet long. So, you got a pretty good good leader separation, but you're still gonna have braid out there, you know, sawing away in the sand, you know.
0: Yeah absolutely and you've also I mean you're also running what no less than 40 pound mono so it's going to withstand and and be able to take
1: some stress from the sinker and from all the work there's so much to it I mean with your your gear setup you like leader your leader size you know has to be strong enough for how much weight you're throwing it's with the, the surf fishing stuff it's a little different like you can't just run the lightest leader possible because you have to be able to cast that big surf weight. I mean, it depends on how hard you're casting, but at least for me, it's been pretty much like one pound of, or 10 pounds of line weight per one ounce of, of weight that you're throwing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: no way that easy number to remember. Yeah, that's, Hell, like, dead spot on for me. Like, when I was trying to run lighter, leader, and I'd start pushing it with the weight, I, I was actually getting some snap offs on the cast.
0: Ain't nothing worse than seeing that sinker fly with your rig and be like, well, there
1: it went. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's <laughs> that's yeah, mentally having all that stuff you know honed in is gonna make you a better fisherman too Mm because like you start having gear issues and stuff your whole day is shot yeah yeah and the main
0: mental is half the game yeah you got to be in the right frame of mind for fishing even if you're zoning out that's okay i mean but if your brain is negative and angry i think it personally i think it affects your fishing
1: definitely yeah it's absolutely it's your mental state and your confidence level is, is huge. Yep.
0: So we, we talked about the rods, you've upgraded rods, you've upgraded reels, went heavier on the braid, uh, your rigs. We'll, we'll definitely get into that some more. Any other gear recommendations on the change from last year to this year?
1: Yeah, we, one of the other big things is we've switched from before with the big rods, I was throwing eight ounce, pyramid weight. So I was already throwing eight eight and bait anyways. So I never really had a problem like holding. But I've switched to Sputniks this year. So we picked up uh Redfin fishing Sputniks. We I got a little partnership with him. The the Sputniks have been a huge game changer. And that's like last year we caught tons of fish. You know, I was super confident in my setup, but you're I did, never thought that I needed Sputniks, but it just goes to show you, no matter how good you think you are at fishing, there's always something to learn. Oh, yeah, True, true.
0: One thing I love about Sputniks, though, I mean, a four-ounce Sputnik can basically act like a six-ounce, seven-ounce pyramid. I mean, those exactly, legs yeah. hold. You don't need the extra weight. It's that all in that holding power.
1: Yeah, that's... Depending on the setup, like with my big rods they don't really even load without at least six ounces in bait. So for those rods, you know, I'm already throwing six or eight anyways. So that's how I was getting away with using an eight-ounce pyramid weight because it didn't really matter. I was just – that was it. No matter what the the current situation was, I was always throwing eight. But since I have gotten the spot next, I've been able to take some weight off and use a six ounce which is you know it's easier to reel in if you, you know when you got a big fish on it's always better to have less weight so if that weight isn't thrashing around yeah and the
0: glide back on a sputnik is much nicer than a gl- uh, the drag back on a pyramid
1: yeah the sputniks are so much easier to reel in yeah, man. Now, hell, it's the only reason. I mean, not,
0: not the only reason, but that's the reason I use Sputniks. doesn't matter the water conditions. It's going to come back in nice and smooth. I'm not going to have things to deal with. So it, it's a very the, good weight. It really is.
1: The only downside that I've been able to find between a Pyramid and a Sputnik, you know, if you just negate holding power, is a lot of times when I'm sat rig fishing, you get a, get a hit and like a, a run, the fish drops it. Oh, yeah. when, I was using the, when I was using pyramids, I like to be able to go over and take like a crank on the reel, you know, and move it a little bit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And a lot of times that would induce a, a second strike because they would, you know, the fish is like close by, but as soon as you move that a little bit, it would induce a strike. So I always, I like that part because with the next you can't do that because as soon as you move it, it unhooks. So that's something to think about. I mean, there's some pros and cons to both. So we got a, so a lot of new upgrades and a whole lot.
0: I mean, good partnerships and building up on the business side. I mean, all that's freaking awesome, dude. Seriously, really good. And it's only honing your game on more. And we were talking before this, um, we were talking about ideas for the episode and talking about the things you wanted to, Really dig into one of the one of them is going to be the you know how you do the rigs and how you do the bait um and a, a few pieces there. So where where would you want to start, man? You want to start at rigs or do you want to start over at uh cutting and resetting? What do you want to do?
1: Yeah, we can start at the bait. I mean, the the biggest thing, the bait and stuff. I'll say is that's all part of your planning. Like, not we'll start at that. Like getting bait so that's been a huge part this year to the success planning out like times to go get my get bait in the cast net has been huge like i've got several spots in the area where i can i know the bait is going to be hot like at different tides, different times of day so i i'm always able to run and get bait like usually after the charters every single charter in october that's what i was doing i was going right after the charter and going and getting bait for the next day and i just think that that's a a crucial piece of advice for people like it's if you want you want to catch a lot of fish you that's you got to put the time in there so when you're talking about going out with a cast net i'm
0: guessing i'm assuming shrimp but there's got to be more to it so what were you targeting with the cast netting
1: for what i do with the like the bigger fish, I'm just going after the big, like whole mullet or horse mullet. So that's that's a lot harder to to get those guys with a cast net. You really gotta hunt them down sometimes. But that's that's what I'm casting. It. I mean, like I'll get some finger mullet here and there. But if I'm using shrimp or uh, anything like that, like I pretty much don't even use shrimp anymore. Just I just use uh, the mullet. That's mullet and then I'll use whatever we catch in the surf or cut bait like blues or whiting. But yeah, we're just using mullet. That's it. And that's the primary bait. That's all, all the only thing that's in the cooler. When I show up for a charter, really
0: just mullet now. Okay. Interesting yeah. change. So with that one being said, so you've got mullet on the, you got mullet on the menu and you're, you're pushing into that. Well, what about, and you said you weren't using shrimp.
1: Why? I mean, we only run, so we run like three big poles, and then we only run one small pole. So I'm not really even bothering with the smaller fish, you know, that would eat the shrimp. So it's more, shrimp is definitely more of a finicky bait. I'm sticking with baits that are a little bit more durable, so I can cast that little rod out, just let it sit there, you know, until something something's on it real good, and then we just crank it in. I just I use an 11 foot medium heavy for the bait rod, so it's you're not getting any kind of you know fight out of it or anything. It's basically just reeling it in, so you can we can use it as cut bait. Okay,
0: so when we're talking about the bait setup now, let's get into the fun stuff here. You mentioned that you have it set up a different way. What did you change?
1: I changed. That's I was using a smaller bait rod last year. I was using a nine footer with a little 4500 mainly you know to try to try to give people a little more feel like on a whiting or a black drum or anything smaller but i found that it's within the carolinas it's just too rough i mean there's days where you can fish with inshore poles but 90 percent of the time it's the weather and the current is just too rough to use a, a rod that small even if you're you're throwing like a four-ounce spot
0: okay so mostly yeah we know okay
1: that's all we're using for bait 90 percent of the time we're just using mullet i mean there's no no secret bait you know it's we're just getting fresh horse mullet like 12 inch mullet in the spring, we're using the bigger, some bigger mullet, like 16-inch mullet sometimes, and just cutting
0: big chunks off. So you're talking about chunks of mullet here, okay? So what what are we? What sizes are we talking here when we're cutting mullet?
1: In the in the spring, those big, like 16-inch horse mullet, we're just just staking them out, you know, like a like a two-inch wide section, just staking them. So you get, you know, cut the head off, and then you're just cutting them in sections you know you get like three or four pieces do you like to use um, do you like to use the head yeah the head pieces is, is actually one of the best pieces of the bait it's easier to, to cast it like it's more more uh, aerodynamic and more streamlined you know you hook it hook it up on the front on the lip area you go through both sides and you got a really secure hook point there too so you can leave it out you can soak it longer you can you have more confidence that it's the bait is still there too but those big mullet even like a body section like body section chunk will stay on great i mean we're using 8-aught size hooks and that that's a good size hook for any any bait that is small enough to cast you know you don't really need huge hooks because you're not going to be putting that big of a bait on there it'll be too heavy to throw it right headpiece is always good it will i have found that you'll miss a lot more hookups though on the headpiece just because it's it's harder you know so it's the fish can't chew it up as fast so it makes it harder for that hook to find a home so that's that's one of the downsides to using a headpiece
0: Okay, yeah, because you're going in a lot there. Well, let's continue talking on that because we're going to move on to the first transition time here, of a perfect time for the uh, little bait check. It is the first bait check of the episode. Hopefully you brought that line in and you've had a bunch of fish, and if you haven't, change up your bait if you need to. We've been talking about bait, so... Now might be a good time, especially if you're going after reds. This bait check is being brought to you by DS Custom Tackle. Check out DSCustomTackle.com for all the inventory that they have of rig-making happiness. Floats? Got it. Beads? Covered. Swivels? All day. Hooks? Yep, you got it. They got all those pieces. But maybe you want to throw in some teasers or some other pieces of equipment. Maybe the new glow float? They got them all. Check it out. DSCustomTackle.com. Get that order done. So now we're talking about bait sizes. We've talked about the head with the hook. Good piece, but also, you know, you're running out of room there. Now now into the body pieces, do you gut or do you just do full chunks, leave the guts in it and everything?
1: With the bigger mullet, that's one of the things I do to utilize the bait for the smaller pole. So after I cut the head off, you have that hollow belly section, the gut cavity. Mm -hmm. So I'll cut parallel down from the top and cut that out at an angle behind the anal fin. So then you're left with that nice thin piece of belly meat that you can snip like fish little fish bites off of. Interesting. Um, because that that belly section is basically just wasted. It's wasted uh, area, you know, because all those guts and everything are just gonna fall out as soon as the bait hits the water. So. There's no reason to keep all that in there anyways, because it's just adding weight, which makes it harder to, to cast it. But that's a good way to utilize that belly section, that little ring you get, you know, in, in the stake. And that, that makes excellent bait for your smaller poles, for your double rigs and stuff. It's very, very tough. It's got good, a good amount of scent, and it. it'll move in the water. It'll, it has a nice bait presentation to it. Absolutely makes sense. I mean, health. Why waste what you can
0: use? Especially if you're doing more than doing one drum rig. You know, if you got the high lows or the double dropper, that's easy day for catching yep. some more fish.
1: Yep, it's that's one of, one of the things I show people on the charters, and it that's why I usually just bring those big mullet because I can cut that fish off. You know, and I can make it work for for the small fish and the big fish.
0: Are you still using synthetic, or are you just straight using live bait now? No, I'm
1: still using fish gum. The fish gum has been been great. Um, I'll use that uh, combination, like stacking it sometimes. And a lot of times when the fish are biting really good, I'll just start throwing just straight fish gum.
0: Nice. Um, you you picked up um, your fish gum ambassador in South Carolina.
1: Yes, that's awesome. Yeah, we got we picked them up back in the spring um it just worked out good i reached out to tony and then i well actually christopher lower was the first guy i talked with because he was already an ambassador he's up in uh wilmington area i reached out to him because we'd been talking and had a friendship going and then he got me in in contact with tony and rich there but I don't. Know, I just. I saw an opportunity for both of us to help each other, and I mean, Fishgum is a fairly new new company as well, but they're growing really fast. Hey, dude, more power to you on that. I mean, opportunities to help grow your brand,
0: your business, their brand, their business, and doing all these things together. Why would that be a bad thing? Exactly. I mean, that's what it's
1: what it's all about. I mean, it's we want to help the the guy the smaller guys grow you know that's the part the partnership you know it's not a sponsorship i think that word's thrown out there in the wrong context a lot you know it's just a partnership we give them advertisement and they give us some product you know or we give them give people rigs and they give us advertisement yeah it's I mean, business is business, man. It's just—it's
0: just—is yeah. it just what it is. I mean,
1: it's, it's yeah. not bad. <laughs> yeah, it's we're yeah we're we're not interested in getting anything for free.
0: There's always something for someone to work together to give and take. So I, that's just my thought. I mean, we can all help each other somehow, some way. So that yeah. that's yeah. all good in the world. Well, we covered a lot about bait here, and I feel like—is uh, there anything else you wanted to talk about? I mean, you, we talked about ch- chunking up the mullet, using the belly cavity. What what else do we? What else is there to talk about with that?
1: You got to be able to cast, get get those big baits out there. You you yes, you, you can catch fish close up, but we run rods cl- closer in, and that's not the rods that are catching the big fish. As much as we fish, we're out there. You know, 150 trips a season, so we're out there quite a bit. So that's just the way it's been. That's the way the experiences that I've had, and the t- my tactics have have adjusted for that. It's, you got to have the gear, the have your bait. You know, cut the right size. Your rigs have to be set up right. Like everything has to be tailor specifically tailored to be able to cast that big bait as far as possible let's talk about tactics
0: how much of your what have your tactics changed so much or have they
1: at all oh definitely like the rigging is i've changed the rigs a bunch like we're using the we're using wire wire bite leaders year round now i mean that's what i've learned like with the redfish and stuff the the red big red drum here we haven't had had an issue Catching numbers on uh, wire leader, they they're not leader shy. I mean, maybe they are, but whatever you know, the the bait we're using is is good enough to overcome that or something else. You know, it's outweighing any any uh, downside to that to using that wire leader. Yeah, last year I wasn't using when I first started. And we were targeting red drum. I was only using the 80 pound mono that our bull drum rig that's the first rig that I ever made and sold. Yep, I remember that rig. Yeah, so that's what we that's what I started using. And it's weird because I was throwing the cut bait the same, everything the same. And I never, if you could believe it, the first year that I surf fished in Charleston, I never caught a single shark. Really? Yeah. We didn't I didn't catch a, a single shark that first year. This is was before I started guiding. So the first year in Charleston, I fished a ton and I was catching tons of red drum. Big red drum. That's kind of what led into the me starting guiding is I was always catching big drum off the surf, so I was getting some attention from that. But that's all I used was an eighty-pound I actually started with using 50-pound mono, if you can believe it, with a three-aught hook. So yeah. that, that, that's probably... It <laughs> sounds so
0: funny about that, dude, because people... Oh, dude, so many people will talk about the, the hook thing, and I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. We're going to dig into that because I I have a couple of thoughts, but continue.
1: Yeah, that's the first rigs that I ever made was 50-pound mono. And it was that same design, the bull drum design. And it was a 3-0 Gamagatsu with, a, I don't remember what size swivel. I think it was like a it was like a 100-pound swivel, you know, pretty small. Yeah. But by most people's standards, that's, like, way too light for bolt reds. But we, we caught a ton of them on that. I, I finally upped the size and went up to the 80-pound mono and the 8-0 hooks. Mainly because of that reason, because I was getting a lot of negative feedback, you know, from the the gurus. You know, they were saying like, "Oh, that's not big enough to catch red drum," which I don't disagree. Obviously, I mean, the the three-odd setup was, you know, was very very minimalistic, I and mean, the eighty-pound leader with an eight-odd is is still light by most people's standards. So this
0: is, um, I mean, w- when you talk about this, I I, I got to jump in here because I've had, I mean, I've fished your rigs, I've fished Rob's rigs, I've tied my own rigs for red drum beach fishing, and I've caught plenty of fish on different rigs. One of the things that I ran into recently was, I, I started looking back at my numbers because I was getting ready to go out red fishing, uh, especially when I was going to do the kids can fish uh, tournament. I was like, all right. I'm going for bull reds. How am I going to do this? How am I going to, what am I going to use? How, what size do I need? And on all these things. And I started thinking about it more and more. I'm like, you know, I catch a ton of red drum on a one-aught circle. And, mm-hmm. huh. And then I thought, I was t- Mike and I went out fishing in his boat and I caught a, I don't know, I think it was 27, 20, or it was about 29. Yeah, it was 29 inch red. And that was on a size six and <laughs> it was like all right this is a tiny ass hook it's the hook thing has always thrown me people are just like oh you gotta have this big hook it's like no well that's too small no no it, it, if it hooks right it'll do fine it's a matter of the strength but uh, yeah the the gurus that have mentioned to me oh you need this i keep i, I hate looking at them going eh, do i though do i i think i think i got this but I, I get it. I totally understand why people are saying, and you know, I, with your rigs and everyone, else, all the rigs I've seen, I totally understand the hook size, especially when you're cutting after chunk of mullet. You know, you can't put a chunk of mullet on a six. You it ain't gonna cut it.
1: Yeah, it just won't. Yeah, you don't have enough real estate to right. to hold it. Yeah, and a lot of that, like your hook, your hook size, obviously, is dependent on what bait you're using and stuff. But as far as the strength of the hook. Uh, and being able to land the land a fish without a hook failure is how strong your rod is Yep. so if you have a flimsier rod then you can get away with that like you can catch 40 inch red drum on a one-aught but or you know depending on the anglers experience like with me guiding you know I have a lot of people that they don't have a lot of experience so that you have to build the rigs stronger, especially with the poles that I use now, because you can put so much pressure on that hook. That's where that's the main reason why the rigs have have gotten beefed up over this past year, because my rods are, are have a lot more backbone and also I'm using a heavier line. So that allows my clients, you know, they get a little bit They get excited, you know, and they got a big redfish that's pulling as hard as it can, and they're pulling right back, you know, at the same time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that fish don't want to be caught.
1: Yeah, so that has a lot to do with it, for sure, with how you set your rigs up for a particular species of fish. It's, that's
0: what I love about fishing, man. I mean, you can do, we've seen it, we, hell, go back to Tony's video with, uh, dave culver you know catching a, a beautiful red on a runt rod you know experience mm-hmm. makes a huge difference in that but yeah you know, there's a difference between experience and power now I, I mean you can overpower a fish all day It sure as long as the fish is hooked i've yeah. got everything set up in the right way it don't matter i mean pulling a 12 foot you know using a 12 foot rod for us down here for a pompano i mean it's overkill i i i'm gonna win yeah. every time you're not gonna beat me now, if I throw yeah. you know the 12 foot dagger out there and I'm going after and I'm having a fight with a 40 plus inch red. OK, we might have a little bit more even matching. I'm still got a little bit of an advantage, but I'm not, you know, I'm okay. not taking that out and going after five foot sharks. You know, like There's no advantage anymore. It's all on the shark. So, yeah, yeah. it's use the gear that, you know, is going to work for what you're doing. And if you're underpowered, OK, then you can upgrade power. There's ways to upgrade power.
1: Yeah and that's that's part of the the dynamic like I'm still casting out like I'm not deploying baits but we are catching the sharks now so that changes everything you know I have to have rods that can handle those eight foot sharks you know so it's they're overkill for the red drum for sure. Um but at the same time you can get those big reds in you know in like five minutes so it's better for the fish. but the downside to that is is we do have clients pull hooks a lot because they can't they're putting so much pressure on the fish without really realizing you know with how strong those rods are. so we have that happen more more than I like really yeah it's it makes a big difference. Like we've hooked in, we've hooked some some like forty-five inch reds on the bait rod, and it's just it's so much different. Like having that softer rod, it's a longer fight, and the rod is so so flimsy. You know, the client can't really overpower the fish. Mm-hmm. You know, I got fifty pound braid on it, so I don't have to worry about anything break snapping. Right. Well, thankfully. So they they can <laughs> they can pull they can pull <laughs> as hard as they can like till they're blue in the face and they're not going to pull that hook. Cause it's, and, it, and then there again, that's the thing, like the bluefish rig just has a 3 hook on it and we'll catch those big drum on that. They'll hit that bait rod in, in a, a little bit closer and they don't even, even straighten that hook at all. Cause it's having that softer rod. Yeah. I like your bluefish rig. I was just looking at it a little while ago. I like the
0: float ad. How's it how's it doing on keeping it off
1: the bottom? Good. Yeah, it's it works really well. I've definitely had really good success with it and it's a good multi-species rig and having that wire leader definitely gives you that little bit of security for you know because the sharks will hit that rig too even if you just have a tiny piece of bait on there. Yeah, sharks <laughs> are, they, they love all that cut bait. It's one of their
0: favorite little snacky poos.
1: Yeah, they'll hit hit the the tiny piece of bait Uh, i mean that's but we are targeting those big sharks Uh, like we've been able to successfully land sharks up to 10 feet with the the spinning gear so that's part of the game like since i have upped the gear to be able to handle those fish and get the bait the bigger baits out there far enough to target them it definitely changes the game a little bit like the gear the rig and stuff has to be a lot heavier because you can generate more pressure so you can break break the leader you know if it's not strong enough you know makes sense
0: so i mean we talked bait for the upgrades we've upgraded our rods we've upgraded the reels we've upgraded braid changed it up to metal what you know metal or Steel cable cable uh, cables yeah, steel. cable. Yeah. Like,
1: like I can't even speak the word. I don't know why <laughs> So we got. Cables yeah, we're, just, we're just using ca- uh, seven strand cable. That's the seven strand cable is it's pretty nice. I mean, if you've ever felt it, it's it, it moves pretty much just like mono. I mean, it, it really doesn't hinder um, bait presentation at all. So. Okay. So you got that all, all these pieces just the rocking
0: together, man. I mean, you, you've you really done your homework and you've really put all this together. What else on tactic wise? I mean, have you been trying to teach people on how to become better?
1: The clients that come out with me, they learn a lot. That's the one thing like, yeah, of course, I don't really I don't put out too much like how to stuff or anything like that. You've seen I really don't even do. I don't do videos, Yeah, but the clients that come with on the trips they they do learn a lot like i'm teaching people stuff while we're out there so i start with like the planning aspect of it you know i tell people don't compare compare yourself to a fishing guide for one because if you're working full time and you can only fish on the weekends like you can't be looking through people's feeds that are guides and being like, oh man, how come I can't catch that many fish, you know? (laughs) Like a lot of people do that. I feel like I get tons of messages, people asking me like how to catch big drum and stuff, but the planning is key, especially if you have a limited schedule. Like you really need to look at the wind, like weather, everything is is a big part of it. and you got to have everything ready to go you know like you gotta have all your bait ready i mean that's why i tell people that and i you know show them like little tricks and stuff how i like set my rod, even like how i set the rods um so they're already rigged up ready to go you know as soon as i get there i just pop two velcro straps off you know and i when i plug the rod together the rig's ready to go so stuff like that save, save people time and things i look for like on the beach um obviously that's area dependent like all the different areas of the country are going to be completely different how you can can uh, change your spots and stuff based off of wind direction charleston is we have a lot of uh like inlets and we have a lot of a lot of contour in the beach where you can like if you have a northeast wind or you know like an east wind we can actually fish off of a beach where i can get the wind at my back so that's i mean that's a huge deal too like depending on how your your uh, geography is in your area but yeah i mean i just go go over everything like all the stuff we talked about rigs bait tide the tide is huge too, like, if you can only fish, like, one day a week or something, you know, it might it might be worth saving your energy and your, your bait and stuff, you know, try to maybe skip a week, you know, so that you can hit that horseshoe of that high tide swing, you know, in the morning instead of, like, midday, you know what I'm saying, like, stuff like that, it, it definitely... Helps people. Like I've had a lot of my clients go off on their own and have really good success.
0: So with the pieces of all this, I mean, you have been giving back, you've been teaching, you've been helping people become better anglers all through. I mean, you've mentioned it numerous times on how you've been trying and it's been successful. You've helped so many people, not to mention people that have bought rigs that that's helped them become successful though. Everything about it has found a way to help people which is huge, especially in this. And like you said, depending on where you're at in the world and how you fish, I mean, hell, that's one thing I've learned since doing this podcast with you in one year is. Though fishing is fishing, and we can go just about anywhere to be successful, no problem. You know you, you know, you can figure it out. But where, how you fish in Charleston? You know, could you do it in Georgia? Absolutely. Could you do it in Florida? For sure. New England? Yeah, no problem. The only thing, the only difference being, though, is there's only going to be minor changes.
1: Yeah, it's. it depends on, like, what you want to catch and stuff. Like, different areas, different parts of the country, it's going to change a lot. Like, you can't expect to use your redfish tactics from up here to catch snook in Florida. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? What do you mean? I mean <laughs> It definitely changes based on the area you're in. I, I believe that. I mean, obviously if you know how to surf fish, you can you're gonna catch fish no matter where you go, but you really have to hone your your uh, your tactics and stuff in for the area that you're in. Definitely. Like I, I tell people that all the time because ninety percent of the surf fishing, like how-to information that you see on online the free information is primarily based around the gulf coast like up here in the carolinas it's you really can't can't get away with like light, super light tackle like it's just different up here i try to tell people that too i'm like i think people try to get away with that like they you know they bring their like bass fishing poles that they've had for years and they try to go out on the beach and and they they're expecting to catch a bunch of huge fish. Yeah. I'll, I show people, I mean, I let people take pictures of the rods, like everything, you know, so they can go home and they can look it up. I, you know, show them the weights that I'm using, like everything. You're a good
0: man. You know, you're trying to help people. Well, this is the perfect time for one more bait check. This second bait check in the episode tonight is coming to you from The Sinker Guy. Head on over to TheSinkerGuy.com and take a look at all the stuff that's in The Sinker Guy garage. The rigs, set. You got the Bruno rig, you got the Mortician rig, one of the most versatile rigs that I've used. You got floats, and you've got Sputnik sinkers, but you've also got other stuff too. Head on over to TheSinkerGuy.com, get your order in today. So as we keep rolling through here, one thing um, you mentioned a lot was... You know, I want to give more info back, and I feel like I haven't asked the right questions. What else is there that you would like to share about this to help people?
1: Yeah, I think you're you're asking good questions. I mean, you're asking the stuff that I I give you know out to my clients. But yeah, we definitely we want to give give some information to people. That's that's the main reason why I started guiding is to help people. I want to see people catch fish and help them. So. Now, I've gone over planning bait. It's. Yep. I would say you really have to to get get serious into it. Like you have to be like a hundred percent committed to fishing. You know, and like just love every every single thing about it. Um, that's how you're gonna you're gonna turn yourself into an elite angler you can you can't expect to have success you know if you're only putting in half the effort you really that's the biggest thing like you get you get out what you put in 100% i mean i've i've had had humbling days and so everybody does i mean that's part of fishing but you will get rewarded for how much work you put in and it is work i mean granted it's fun but it is work yeah no definitely especially the guiding the guiding is it's everybody wants to be a guide you know they who doesn't want to fish for a living but it's a lot of work being a guide is is really hard work and it's a ton of mental pressure yeah it's honestly the guiding is is one of the hardest jobs i've ever had but it's the reward of it outweighs the work when we talked last year,
0: you were probably, what, two, three years into guiding? It wasn't your first year. It wasn't your first rodeo. But after no, a full it year. Was...
1: Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it was my two years, two years into it. There you go. So a- after all that
0: one, you know, between then and now, a full year, and a full year is a big time. Uh, tons of things happen in a year. Would you oh, say yeah, that definitely. Would you say that some, anything in particular for you was like, man, this was one of the biggest changes in my my game this year.
1: The big, yeah, the biggest changes that really helped, as far as the like the business success is concerned, is uh, all the partnerships, like having picking up fish gum and getting inv- getting a hold of uh, Phil worth Salt Squash there, and that's helped. I mean that's changed everything like it's really it's just blown up the 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 brand you know the people really know the brand now and it's that's also i think helped me become a better fisherman because i just have so much confidence you know in the brand and what i'm doing so that's been the biggest thing the gear like switching gear and stuff has has helped has been a big change in and what we've been able to catch we never had i never had the ability to catch the big sharks and stuff that we've caught which has drawn a lot of attention and uh popularity to the brand i don't know if you've you've kept up with it enough i'm sure you've probably seen some of the sharks and the the big ray and stuff that we oh, got
0: yeah. yeah you you pop up in my newsfeed all the time
1: <laughs> well, I'm always happy to see you <laughs> popping up in my feed,
0: man. Are you kidding? Like I said, yeah, I may not be the greatest communicator. I mean, I know I shot you a text after the hurricane, but you know that's, that's the fun part of social media is like, well, let's
1: try to stay in touch. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully I'm not popping up too much.
0: No, <laughs> oh, God, no, man. I don't even think you could really. I mean, the, the best part about, you know, we have these conversations on and off and all the things that really come together, I mean, we just get these opportunities to talk. And you know, we're all busy. I hate to admit I mean, hell, tonight, we're perfect example, I'm I'm texting you like, I don't know if I'm going to make it home in time. There's an accident on the three-mile bridge. I'm having to take a whole different route home. I'm hauling ass. You know, there's always something that gets in the way. There's just nothing we can do about it. But on the same one, it's like, okay, we're going to make this work. But we just have to do this. Yeah, you know, it' there's, there's just only so many time in the day, and you got to do what you got in with what you got, and then, you know, just make it work.
1: Yeah, luckily all I was doing was making rigs today, so <laughs> I, know. I was just waiting, waiting around till you called.
0: Well, that worked out well. I mean, I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad that we got the chance to even catch up and have conversations because hey, you're a really good dude, and I'm super... I'm, I'm super excited for you with everything that you've done. I mean, you, you've all done it completely on your own, you know, with the wife, you know, obviously great support from the home family team. But you, you've you built this business bigger, stronger, faster, and it's just, you know, more fun for you in the long run.
1: Like well, yeah, I was very, very humble, like coming into this and it's just it's exceeding every day. The stuff is just exceeding. Like any expectations I ever had when I decided to start guiding.
0: Look at you now. More busy than you know what to do with. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Well, the the, the other good side of that, too, though, is you you, you really, you know, with the rigs, that gives you that that extra piece during the slow time. You're not like, oh crap, you know, it's the off season. I'm not going to have any charters. What am I going to do? You know, you've built something else to give you that little bit of extra time and come something to keep your hands busy while the fish aren't biting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's the thing too. We get, I get tons of messages like people still want to go, go out fishing, but I, I can't take people out. You know, if I can't provide a a service that I feel good about, you know, Yeah, for sure. That's the thing. Like, if it's if it doesn't meet my expectations, then I'm not gonna gonna have somebody pay me for that. If once the fish, there's still fish biting. I mean, you could go out there right now and catch a cooler full of whiting, but that's not what I want to provide for my clients. So that's why we end the season when we do.
0: Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So how long is the
1: season down for you now? Uh, this year it the season hung on longer. Like we got to still catch quality fish all the way up until like mid November. But yeah, it's usually December to April is the downtime.
0: Okay. So you got four months essentially to be like, all right, make this work.
1: Yeah. So what do you, mean, it's not too, it's not bad. Like it's not a super long down season, but so what do you think you're going to do with your downtime? I, I go back to work. I just work part-time. Just, uh, I started out working for this guy, driving a box truck, doing deliveries my first year of guiding. So I was doing, doing the guiding and working at the same time, part-time. Um, and he's, been, he's always been uh, flexible, really flexible with the schedule. So that's I'm able to pick that job back up seasonally. Nice, making money, yeah, I mean between between the rig sale, now that I have the rig sales, that's like a second income, so I've been able to to uh survive off of that even in this, this crazy expensive world <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: well it's the reason I'm not doing fishing and podcast full time. It's the reason I still have an r v job,
1: yeah, exactly i mean it's it's uh the business is successful for sure, but it's, uh, it takes a lot to, to, uh, thrive. I would say these days. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, an unfortunate damn
0: truth right there. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) But, But we make it work with how we can make it work. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, anybody that's into fishing that want that does fishing for a living is, uh, I don't think we're any, they're planning on getting rich. <laughs>
0: no, no, no. Fishing alone will not uh, will not make you rich. That's for
1: sure. <laughs> yep. It's more. Yeah. It's more of a. I think it's more of a trying to avoid the lifestyle requirements to get rich. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know it is for me. Uh, that's fair. That's fair. Well, hell, man. I mean, we've been chatting. We've been jacking it up here for about an hour uh, I, I think we asked a lot of great questions anything else that you want to add
1: there really isn't one magic magic thing like to being successful at fishing you really have to like figure out your own own way that's what i tell people like don't just go off of like what other people are saying is is working you know like what bait they're using or You know wherever the fish are and all that like you really have to like find your own way like figure out what bait works best for you and figure out your own spots like that's what i've done i i don't i've taken a few little things here and there uh, along the way from people but i pretty much stuck to that like just like figuring it out all on my own and, and dialing it in you got there
0: you figured it out and you made it all work
1: yeah i mean that i just think that that's the best way to to be successful like you got to put the time in and the effort i mean it sounds to say that like oh i put in all the work and you know give it 110 it's like cliche but <laughs> it's definitely the like it is real like you have to put your heart and soul into it.
0: Well, I've heard a couple of people say, you know, oh, you haven't put your time in. And there's, you know, the way they, some people, the way they take it is definitely, oh, I don't know, not, not exactly put, ideal.
1: <laughs> putting your time in though, isn't just like showing up at nine o'clock, yeah. you know, like rolling out of bed, showing up at nine o'clock and then sitting out there all day either. Like that's not, Like putting your time in, you got to put your time in with the important stuff, planning, you know, bait, getting good bait, you know, having good quality gear, taking care of your your gear, you know, making sure that everything is solid, you know, your line is, you got to change, you know, make sure you change out your line and stuff. Last thing you want to do is hook into the fish of a lifetime and have it break because you were too lazy to re-spool, you know? Ugh, yeah, that one hurts the heart. It's, yeah, there's, yeah, you really have to dedicate your your time to it. Fishing eats up a lot of your time.
0: Mm, Time well spent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, I get myself true. in trouble
0: with that thought. I'm like, what was it though? Yeah, yeah, it kind of was. It was good. I wouldn't, and I know you're the same, I wouldn't trade it for the world, man. Not once, not even a little.
1: Yeah, it's just a, it's like a relaxation, like zen thing that, I don't know, all fishermen understand, but not, some people just don't get it.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, for me, it's a noise filter.
0: <laughs> I hate to say that, but, you know, it, I could have a lot going on, but giving a chance to get out there with a rod and reel in my hand and it can make the noise just stop. Mm-hmm. One year, and I know that you're next year you're going to have plenty more to talk about, but with this one year, man, seriously, when I say this, congratulations, dude. It, it, it's not an easy game, and... You navigated another year successfully, learned a lot, got better, got faster, got stronger, and came back with more knowledge, and you're out here sharing it. Thank you for that. All of it, all that put together. That's just excellent, dude. Seriously, excellent, and congrats.
1: I appreciate that.
0: Well, this being the end of the show, thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. You shared a lot of great knowledge and helping people out. And if people want to book a charter, how do they get in touch with you?
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks again for having me on. Um, yeah, if you want to book a charter, that's all the booking is through our website, um, com. Feel free to message on uh, Facebook Messenger. I can communicate there and, you know, help you out and point you in the right direction. The booking system is pretty straightforward. Um, it just takes a $50 deposit to hold your spot. Um, we'll be opening the bookings back up for 2023 probably in March, I would say. That's how you can get a hold of us, either Facebook or on the website.
0: And don't forget that you can order all your rigs through there, too. He's got a whole bunch for you to take a look at. So get on over there and get your rigs on order. Get yourself set up for the year.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, don't wait. <laughs> don't wait till the till. April to order rigs because this year we got slammed. Like I was backed up for like two months.
0: You really? <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. That would it would not
1: have been fun. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, I start when I start guiding too, it's, I'm only one guy. So yeah, you, it, yeah it's hard to tie rigs when you're out fishing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's not
0: it's not exactly a, hold on, let me do this all in one shot thing. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> well, good stuff, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah. We'll be talking soon. All right, everybody. I hope this episode helped you out. Lots of good stuff was thrown out there, and Jeremy's always had a lot of good information. So if you're not following him on social media, you absolutely should. That's my recommendation. Take a look at his stuff. His rigs are really good. They're really strong, and he's been proving it consistently by catching reds and sharks so you've been listening to finding demo surf fishing i hope you have a great day take care of yourselves we'll see you next time i am out of here